Good afternoon. It is good to be together once again. And as you might have noticed from the scripture reading, I'm going to piggyback a little bit on what Mike did this morning in John chapter 13. It's always a great blessing to be together. It's a great opportunity to come together and to uh, spend time learning more about God and His Word. And as we come together tonight, we will continue with that commandment that was laid out as we were told to love one another. This morning, as Mike went through the, the new commandment, we see God's design so that the world recognizes his disciples. He wants you to go out, and Christ is expecting that the world will look at you and they'll say, there's something special about them. Well, as we carry on with that thought, I want to continue and we'll look at the disciples of Christ in John chapter 13 as we finish up the chapter in verse 36 through 38. As you look at the disciples of Christ, we're going to notice some great traits. We'll notice some failures. We'll notice some things that they did really well. But let's go ahead and we'll begin in John chapter 13. We'll look at the proper perspective in John chapter 13, beginning in verse 36, he says, Simon Peter says to him, he says, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where am I going? You cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterwards. In verse 37, Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? He said, that doesn't makes sense. If you draw back just a little further, go all the way back to verse 33, it says, little children, I shall be with you a little longer. You will seek me. And as I said to the Jews, where I am going, you cannot come. So now I say to you, he said, you're not going to be able to go to where I am going. As we begin and we look at the proper perspective, you know, there's the immediate, there's the here and the now, and there's the focus that the world can take over and we can get caught up in what's going to happen with us immediately. You talk about the physical side of life. You know, in keeping the, the proper perspective... Peter was thinking about this in his mind, I would say, sensibly. He says, as he's there, Jesus is standing there and he's talking to him. And Jesus says, you can't go where I'm going. He said, look, I'll follow you anywhere. That's his thought. You go down and we see, as we keep in view the proper perspective, Christ always had a greater purpose than just right then. You know, as you look at James, he says, take no thought for tomorrow. Why? Because we've got a different perspective. We've got something more important than what's going to happen tomorrow because we are looking forward to eternity. In Isaiah chapter 53, if you go back, Peter knew of this prophecy. He would have understood that there is something in store that was great for the master. There's a, a more important task at hand for Christ. If you stop, start in Isaiah chapter 53, let's look at verse 5 and we're going to read down through. Verse 5, it says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. 
The chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. And we like sheep have gone astray and we have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a, slam to the, as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. Notice in verse 10, it said, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. There was a grander plan. Within keeping the proper perspective, Christ had in mind as he was speaking, he said, look, I'm going to leave this world. I'm going somewhere else. You consider our lives and we as Christians have chosen to be sojourners. We might have a place where we hang our hat and we call it home, but it's not, it's not our home. We're aiming for a home that is far greater than anything that this world has to offer. As you look at the proper perspective, the divine plan always included that of the Son of God being the sacrifice for our sins. Within John chapter 13, as he, as he lays out the, the plan, he says, I'm going away. He said, and you can't follow me. He said, but you shall follow me afterward. There will come a time in which you will be able to go to this home, the true home for which we all long. Peter was focused on the present day. He wasn't considering that of the broader picture. But he was considering what was going on right then. This comes as Jesus has said... Look, everyone is going to know that you're a part of me, that you're my disciple if you have love. He begins this sending out of his disciples. He said, the world will recognize that you love Jesus, that you love me because of the love that you have for one another. And then he says, look, I'm going away. He says, I'm going to be somewhere else. This world is not what I'm here for. He's here to save the people. But he wasn't here because he wanted this to be home. He left the splendor of heaven, the glories of heaven, to come down. And he says, Peter, keep the proper perspective. As Christians today, we need to keep in mind the troubles that we go through, the... the the difficulties, it's but for a season. It lasts a little while. And just as James talks about life, it vanishes away. You know, our troubles really aren't that bad as we consider, consider the life of Christ and the, the suffering that he went through so that we could have hope. Within the, 
proper perspective, Christ clarifies the statement further in verse 36, sorry, in verse 36 that he had already made in verse 33. He says, where I'm going, you cannot come. And he said, and so now I say it to you. But in verse 36, he says, but you shall follow me afterward. You can get to where I'm going, which sets up the stage for the beauty of John chapter 14. And we're not going to study it today because of a time's sake. But as you go to John 14, you get down to verse 6 and he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he gives the place. No man comes to the Father but by me. You look at that proper perspective. He says, where's your aim? He said, I'm going home. Heaven surely is the, the thing that makes life worth living. We sing the song, heaven will surely be worth it all. We talk about heaven and keeping the proper perspective. Everything that happens to us, us in life isn't quite so big because heaven is that great. Christians today must be forward thinking. What do I mean when I say forward thinking? I think to the next life. We talk about our physical life right now and protecting ourselves spiritually because we look forward to the resurrection. We look forward to the judgment. We look forward to our opportunity to stand before the Lord. And Lord willing, we hear those beautiful words, well done, good and faithful servant. You look at Luke chapter 9 as we think of, we think of going forward. In Luke chapter 9, there is a, a plan laid out. And there's a picture portrayed as you go through that of plowing. He says in verse 62, he says, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Well, I don't know about you, but when I think about being forward thinking, he says, set your eyes on heaven and get to work. I can't help but think about Lot's wife in this example as you talk about, as you talk about setting your sight on heaven and moving forward and working towards the greatest goal. One of the shortest verses... In all of the Bible, in Luke chapter 17 and verse 32, it says, Remember Lot's wife. Why? Because she didn't have the proper perspective. She wanted to hang on to what the world had to offer. Knowing that there was something far better in store and God had a promise... She had the memories of the past that she wanted to hold to. When you look at the life of a Christian, our goal is to not be the sin of the past, but rather it's the hope of the future. Looking forward to heaven, looking forward to something far greater, we keep that proper perspective. In John chapter 14, he, he tells them, he, he expands upon this 
proper perspective he says let not your hearts be troubled you believe God believe also in me in my father's house are many mansions if it were not so I would have told you he said I go to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am there you may be also he says in verse 4 and where I go you know and the way you know remember what Peter said he said, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I don't get it. Now we're going to see in verse 5 that Thomas speaks up, but essentially Peter had said the same thing. I, I don't get where you're going. I'm, I'm going to follow you. No matter where you walk, I'm going that way. And Jesus says, where I go, you know. He said, I've been teaching you everything that I could since I've been here to teach you about the greater plan, to keep in focus the greatest goal. And so we see as a Christian, as a disciple of Christ, first, we got to have the proper perspective. That means put on the glasses that aim for heaven and not get so hung up in the world. Think of Romans chapter 12. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Notice not only the proper perspective, but he's got the proper pledge, okay? We're going to notice something about this pledge because you know how the story goes. But Peter makes a pledge at the end of verse 37, and I just, I believe he has it right. John chapter 13 and verse 37, he says, I will lay down my life for your sake. I can't help but think about the picture of baptism. As you talk about baptism, the picture is saying, Jesus, I will follow you no matter what. Let's phrase it a different way. The picture is saying, I will lay down my life for your sake. That is, if you were, to be able, or if you were able to draw a picture of baptism, what's it mean? You go to Romans chapter 6, and that's, essentially what he says I will lay down my life for your sake when he says that that's exactly what God is looking for that's exactly what he expects you think of Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 he says I am crucified listen I am crucified with Christ nevertheless I live yet not I live but Christ lives in me the picture of crucif crucifixion is I'm going to lay down my life for your sake. Within that pledge, we see a profound statement. You know, when we talk about the great confession, so we get up and we, we confess, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. It is a lowering of oneself to recognize the greatness of God. It is to say, essentially, I will lay down my life for you, Christ, because I understand there is nothing that I can do in and of myself. I can't, can't save myself. I can't purify. I can't live sinlessly. And therefore, I'm in need of Christ. Romans chapter 6, he talks about sin and putting off that, that man of sin, giving up on it 
Beginning in verse 1, it says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin so that grace can abound, that grace may abound? Drop down to verse 5, he says, If we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, our old man was crucified with him. Our old man was crucified with him. Listen, what's John say? I will lay down my life for your sake. Our old man, Jared Rhodes, was laid to death. Romans chapter 6 and verse 6. That the body of sin might be done away with. Jared Rhodes is gone. I'm not about him anymore. He said that we should no longer be slaves of sin. He says, I'm quitting sin. That's what Jared Rhodes said when he said, I'm going to be baptized into Christ. I'm no longer a slave of sin. That's where repentance comes in. That's the picture. Verse 7, he says, For he who has died has been freed from sin. What do they recognize in being freed from sin? What do they recognize? I would lay down my life for your sake, Jesus. As you go back to John chapter 13, we see this, this proper pledge that is made. I think he was exactly right. That's the attitude that Christ expects when we choose to become a Christian. This means God's to be put ahead of self. It's to be put ahead of family. It's to be put ahead of all others. I'd say it's to be put ahead of needs. You go to Matthew chapter 6 and his point is, look, if you put me first, your needs will be taken care of. Tucker man sings it often. I believe he led it at church camp this week. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Your needs will be cared for. You'll be taken care of if you're putting Christ first. You know, in Acts chapter 4, as they were told, don't you be speaking in the name of Jesus. Don't you ever talk about that anymore. I'm afraid it's uh, going to be catchy. People will choose to follow. Acts chapter 4 and verse 19, Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. He says a beautiful phrase, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. He said, if you think you want to kill me for telling the truth, it's your decision to make. He says, but I'm going to tell you what. I've seen the truth. I've seen the power of Christ. And I will tell the world. You would look at Matthew chapter 10 and we see the laying down of my life for Christ. The idea is the servant mentality. Putting Christ ahead of all others and 
Matthew chapter 10, beginning in verse 37, it says, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross, listen, take his cross, what's that? Putting to death self. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He says, he who finds his life will lose it. You care about self? You got the right perspective? He says, he who loses his life for my sake found life. You go to the proper pledge and Peter said it all just right. He said, I will lay down my life for your sake. And this is where the lesson takes a turn. You know, it's easy to talk. It's easy to put on a big face and to talk the right game. It's easy to say, you know what? I'm going to follow you, Jesus, even if I have to give my life. You go back to John, you might say the rubber meets the road. John chapter 13, verse 38. Let's talk about the proper performance. Jesus answered him, Will you lay down your life for my sake? Will you lay down your life for my sake? Most assuredly, I say to you, the rooster shall not crow till you've denied me three times. Will you lay down your life for my sake? Really? It's baptized into Christ. But you know, there's times that I still mess up. You say, man, how could, how could Peter have done that? You know what happens. How could Peter deny? Jesus just said, hey, you're going to deny me. How could he ever, at that point, have denied him? I want you to keep in mind as we look at this that he just told him in verse 34 and verse 35 he said a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you. You go down to verse 35 and he says by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Listen. It's where the rubber meets the road. You go out in the world you've got a job People look at you and they listen to you and they hear how you act and they listen to how you talk. Do they say, now that's a Christian. There's something different about them. He doesn't speak like I speak. Notice what Peter did. He said, I would die for your sake. Then he gets to work. Jesus is taken. The picture changes and he's not next to Jesus right now. And the other workers start to tell bad jokes. Maybe the other workers use profane language. And we fit right in with them. Jesus said, 
He'll deny me three times. What do you think it says to Jesus when we join in? When the rubber meets the road and then your mouth gets carried away, what do you think it says to Jesus when they hear words that shouldn't be spoken by a Christian? I'll tell you what it says. It says, I say to you, the rooster shall not crow three times before you deny me. Three times. Before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. We get out and we get involved in actions that the world would look and they would recognize. They'd say, you know, a Christian wouldn't do that. We go out and we say, well, I'm just going to partake a little bit. The world says, well, I know that... uh, I know that they say, verse 37, I'll lay my life down for Jesus. But their actions, they say something completely different. So we look at the proper performance. Matthew chapter 18, he expands upon the picture that's being drawn here. Peter had just said, look, Jesus, I'd die for your sake. Matthew chapter 18, beginning in verse 10, it says... Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Christ had a greater purpose. Christ had a greater goal. And he wanted people to be saved. As you go to the story of Peter, he goes out, and later that night, as Jesus is being taken, he takes up his sword, and he cuts off the ear of Malchus. He said, Lord, I'll die for your sake. And there's no doubt in my mind that those words probably rung out in Peter's mind. You're going to deny me three times. And he said, oh, no, you aren't taking Jesus. I already told him I'm going to follow him, whatever I have to do. I think he was a a bold and strong and excited. And he wanted to give it all. If you look at Matthew chapter 26, Verse 35, Peter said to him, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. They said, that's right. We won't deny you. You get down a little further in Matthew chapter 26. Peter sits outside in the courtyard Matthew chapter 26, verse 69, Peter sat outside in the courtyard and a servant girl came in saying, you also were with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied it before them all saying, I don't know what you're talking about. He said, I don't know what you're saying. You go down just a little bit further. Verse 71 
another person. This fellow also lives with Jesus of Nazareth. Again, he denies and he says, I don't know him. I don't know what you're talking about. Then finally, a little later, those who stood by came and said to Peter, surely you also are one of them for your speech betrays you. He began to curse and to swear, saying, I do not know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. He lost perspective. He lost sight of the greatest goal. It felt like the world was upside down and it was coming to an end. I wrote on the sheet after disappointment sets in. Recognizes, well, they got Jesus now. Probably at this point, he still didn't understand what Jesus was saying in John 13. When he says, you cannot follow me now. Because he was still focused on the physical. After disappointment sets in. That Jesus is gone. He denies. Jesus had said, will you lay down your life for my sake? Really? Will you? I want you to focus on one last thing. If you look at Matthew chapter 26... When you mess up, after you've made the pledge, I think if we were to break this down into the picture of baptism, you've got that proper perspective where somebody recognizes, you know what, I'm going to put Jesus first in verse 36. You get down to verse 37 and he makes that profound statement. It's almost as though it's the the statement that we make at baptism. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We're going to be baptized for the remission of our sins. We've made a life change. He said, I would die for you, Jesus. Then we get down to verse 38, and you've got that proper performance. And what I see here is a Christian that messes up. When life gets the best of you, what do you do? Look at Matthew chapter 26. Peter remembered the word of Jesus who had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And I want you to notice what he says at the very end. And he went out and he wept bitterly. Does it hurt when you sin? How do you correct course? When you give up on your pledge and you have the wrong performance. He had the right attitude, the proper pledge. He had the right things going. He said, I would die for your sake. But when it came down to the time, it just so happened that life got the best of him. I think sometimes the life can get the best of us. 
And I want you to remember one thing. When life gets the best of you, look to what Peter did. Peter was crushed. And he cried his eyes out because he said, I gave up. I gave up everything. All that I had, I just threw it away. And here we find the beauty of the New Testament. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9. Through that blood of Christ, through the offering and the sacrifice that was made in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9, it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He said, There is a better way. You can come back home. You can be a part of the fold. James chapter 5 and verse 16, he says, Confess your faults, your trespasses, one to another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. He says, The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. We've got hope even when we mess up. But I want you to learn from Peter because if you know you messed up it's time to get on your knees. It's time to turn it over to God and to weep bitterly. I would like to think it hurts us to our core when we know that sin got the upper hand. I would like to think that it crushes us to think that I let God down and when Peter went out and he denied the Lord, understand that if our actions are such that people don't see the love of Christ in us, okay? Verse 34 and verse 35, Mike taught the lesson. If people don't see Christ in us, if people don't recognize that you're disciples of Christ based upon your love, Is it that we're denying him through our actions? As Christians, we've got to keep the proper perspective. We've got to have that proper pledge. We make a commitment to Christ. But now, we've got to have the proper performance. We've got to put our life into action so that the world can see Jesus through you. If you haven't given your life to Christ, it's a very simple thing to do. In fact, I would say it's the easiest thing of uh, all parts being a Christian. As you look, at, you look at the record, as you look at the historical accounts and we see the great power of Christ and we see... This truly was the Son of God. We come to a point where we say, you know what? I've got to give my life to Him. Within that, we see wrapped up repentance. We see wrapped up confession. We see the decision to be buried because we understand there's washing away of sins. But let me tell you, this is only the beginning That's when the rubber meets the road. 
You know, Paul once said, he said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I hope that's what we can say about our lives. For me to live is Christ. People will see Jesus Christ through me and through my actions. And if that's not what your actions show the world, then I beg of you to change them. Let us all be disciples of Christ. If you need help, prayers, we read James 5, verse 16, confess your faults one to another, pray for one another. We're in this together. We're here to help each other. I would say pray for me. Talk about coming forward. Let me be the first one. Pray for Jared, because I want to be better in the future than I've been in the past. I want my performance, I want the actions that I do to be Christ-like. And I want the world to see Jesus in me. If you haven't given your life to Christ, make it right. Do it now.